The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare concentrated with the extraordinary anti-aging properties of the red camellia flower. Numero 1 de Chanel harnesses the powers of this uniquely resilient ingredient to address the five signs of aging and support skin's vitality. The complexion appears younger, smoother, radiant and revitalized. Numero 1 de Chanel. Beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Aha. Fresh off my trip, we are doing a solo episode. Katie fucking Hobson has got me in the studio. She has dragged me by my hair to be here. I am jet lagged as fuck. Yes, she's barely alive. I literally like had the biggest pounding headache, but we drank some electrolytes. We had some vitamin C symbiotica, some glutathione. I did a workout and I'm here. I'm yes. feeling okay now. Makeup, hair, nails, we're back. Yeah, we're back. I went through the car wash. Katie dragged me here and I am ready to do a solo episode. Solos are like becoming my favorite because I feel like I can really dive into the questions that you guys have and just make sure that I'm continuing to give you guys those tangible takeaways. And I'm just kicking Michael off the mic lately. <laughs> yeah, it's more fun without him. Sorry. Don't fire me. <laughs> To give you guys a little bit of background, I have my assistant, Katie, here. She, like, runs my entire life. Her Instagram is at Hangry Hobson. She has been on a lot of the solo episodes with me. And today, she is asking a bunch of questions. She put this list together based on a bunch of your questions that you've asked. And it's just going to be like a little Q&A session. Yes, we've got all kinds of stuff. It's very random. All the things that people want to know, the, you know, creepy stuff, like, details and then also some good takeaway things where obviously everyone's going to learn something today which is always the point so creepy questions this is such a good time to do creepy <laughs> questions because I'm a little hung she's a lulu I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 in outer space yes I may be still drunk and I'm jet lagged yeah this so is ask a perfect away. time ask me all the creepy questions I love it I love it okay so kicking it off very random and then we'll get into some good stuff later what is like feeding your TikTok for you page right now? What is popping up that you are seeing over and over again? It's so funny because I just told you in the car that I feel the most like anxious and depressed vibes. I don't feel like I have like depression or anxiety, but I feel sort of like low when I'm consuming too much content. I correlate me consuming too much content with not feeling my best. Mm -hmm. So I really, really try to stay off the scroll. I mean, and yeah. it, like the other day I was sat behind a guy and I was watching him just consume content. And I was sitting there for two hours watching him because I was behind him just consume, consume. He was zooming in. He's like, staring at a girl's ass. He's like looking at some <laughs> random fact. He's like, you know, screenshotting a collage. Like, and I just to observe that was super interesting because we've all done it. 
I've done it. You know, you get sucked in for like two hours and it was such a waste of time to observe. But at the same time, it was like a shock to my system too, because it was like, I don't want to sit and waste two hours of my day on random shit that brings nothing to my life. Of course not. So I notice the more into social media I get and the longer I've been in this game, the less I want to consume. And I think we're going to go through a huge shift. I predict that in two years, people will be consciously taking time off their phone to protect their mental health. And I don't just mean like with anxiety and depression. I just mean like having peace of mind. It's not healthy for us to be staring at a screen when we should be outside being active or working on a project we're passionate about or being with our kids. It just really takes you out of the present moment. So what's that's like such a not what you're no, but that's for. important. But so what's on my for you page is, yes, of course, I'm I, I consuming content because I have to like be aware of what's happening in the space. It's part of my job. But I'm being very specific of when I'm consuming that content. So one of my friends, Brent, who trains me, told me that he only consumes content when he's on the Stairmaster. And I thought that was genius. That's so smart. At least he's doing something that's really hard and he's rewarding himself with being on TikTok, but then he's not sitting for two hours just being a zombie to the content. Well, it's a good distraction. This is like not the question you asked. What's on my For You page is a lot of skin, tons of skin. In fact, a lot of like sheet masks, a lot of investor tips, a lot of real estate tips. They're probably listening to me and Michael speak. (laughs) Lake Como is all over my For You page. And then a lot of like morning routine, Joe Dispenza. I'm really happy about that. I was going to say your For You page sounds amazing. Mine's not. It's because the phone is listening to you talk. And so it's almost like the thoughts that you have make your life. And I hope the words that I speak make my For You page. Yeah. No, I think it does. That's, I mean, I think most people would say there's mostly garbage on theirs. So that sounds very nice, actually. If Educational. you have mostly garbage on your For You, on your for you page. It's because you're consuming it. Yeah. If, you, if your For You page is just garbage, then stop talking garbage. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Stop gossiping because the phone is listening. I, know. I believe it's this so shit. creepy. No, me too. It's okay. disgusting. I don't know. So, so maybe your for you page, Katie. Your for you page, though, is all cooking. Mine's food. Yeah, yeah it's all food. Good. I love it. Yes, I you. know. It's inspiring. What is your dream partnership as an influencer? If you could like wave a wand and have a partnership with any specific brand, what would it be? Oh my gosh, I don't know any of these questions before this. I know I didn't show you anything. I she didn't show me anything. Mine would probably be something that's super just a position to what I do. So I'm interested right now in collaborating with brands that are very random. Mm -hmm. I've done brands that really align with Skinny Confidential. We did Canopy humidifiers and diffusers. We did dough cookie dough. Mm -hmm. Buttercream sugar cookie, guys, is so good. We did spritz, Mm -hmm. which is with the Toast Girls and Boy With No Job. And we did Dry Farm Wines, which was like a giggle water box. And those were all so aligned with the Skinny Confidential, which I loved. So I feel like I've checked that box as a creator to collab with brands that have really aligned with my mission. I am now interested in working with brands that are so goddamn random. I mean, like Skinny Confidential times Dunkaroos. 
Oh, like that something that you would just like never think. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's good to make things unexpected. I think yeah. it keeps it fresh, keeps people guessing. And maybe you hit a new demographic too that you're not currently tapping into. Totally. And I love the nostalgia vibe mm-hmm. of that. Something that's so random. So that's really where my focus is. But I will say that my focus right now is on building out incredible products for the Skinny Confidential and less focused on other collabs, on on co-brands. Not to say that there isn't something coming very, very soon that we've been working on. There's a couple things Mm -hmm. coming that we've been working on for literally years, but I'm really, really laser focused and we can get into it in this into this episode Mm -hmm. on my business. And you know that. And I have questions. I mean, we can move into that if you want to. If you had to give someone one top tip, of course, there's several, I'm sure. But like to grow your brand, what would you say is the best way to do that or the best advice to give someone who's maybe a young entrepreneur? The most important thing that you can do is look at where you spend your time. I can look at someone's calendar and see how they spend their time and tell you where they're going to be in a year. If that was a superpower, it's not. And I could get paid for it. (laughs) That would be my superpower. I can look at where people spend their time. And I can tell, like, you know how they say, oh, like the five people you surround yourself with or who you're going to be. No, no, no. I think where you spend your time is where you will be in a year, where you will be in three years, where you will be in five years. Evaluate where you spend your time. And the person that really taught me that is Rob Deerdeck. He is a master of time. And I think Katie, I'm going to toot your horn for a second. Katie's been so valuable to the business because she's constantly monitoring, monitoring my time. And she even like today has this whole list of things that we can do better. We are constantly editing and refining where I spend my time and how I spend my time so I can show up in the most productive way. And I'm going to actually let, like, I'm going to hand the baton to you and let you speak on that about time because you're so in the calendar. Right. And I think if you can put a value, like not even necessarily monetary, but if you can like sit down and say like, hey, this is how much I would charge someone per hour. And then if you say, okay, well, if that hour is what I would charge somebody, then what is that value to me? And I think if let's say I make, it's a random number, but let's say I make $500 an hour. If I know that I'm spending that hour and someone is going to pay me for that value or I'm spending that my own energy, it's like, that's a lot of money. Like that's a lot of time invested, a lot of energy invested. And like you have to understand the value of your time. Then once you have that, then go and see where that applies. So like, again, if there's a day where you have eight hours worth of meetings, it's like, is this the best way for me to spend my time knowing that a, monetarily, it might be expensive. B, I just don't have the energy for that. And my energy is limited. And I need to know exactly where I need to bank those en- pieces of energy. I think understanding what you bring to the table and how much it's valued is like step one, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. I think it's like lays the foundation. The two biggest mistakes going off what you said are people are either wasting time by mm-hmm. scrolling through other people's lives on social media or fucking off or watching Netflix or whatever oh, yeah. they're doing. By the way, I'm not saying that that's a, I, I love Real Housewives, but like it's I'm strategic with how course, I you have it. to be. They're either wasting their time and being flippant with it. Or they're putting their time towards 
things that maybe don't move the needle in the direction that they want to go. And so I think just sitting down and having a really real conversation with yourself on time is important. Maybe you can give like one or two examples of how we, you know, we sat down together today Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes and you told me some things that you thought I could improve on when it comes to my time. Maybe you can give an example. Yeah. One of those is email. I think we have a lot of um, we have a lot of like different email addresses for different things. And I think it made sense to make those at the time the business was at maybe three, four years ago. And I think now in 2023 today, it you know, the team has evolved. The team has grown. Your time has gotten more valuable. So you need to be more mindful about where you're spending your time. And I think there are things that can be either removed like it's just not necessary anymore it's redundant or can be passed on you know like Lainey handles all the campaign stuff I think anything campaign related once we say yes or no can just be passed off and I don't think you need to be involved in like the day-to-day ops because we already have meetings with Lainey to talk about those things and you don't like checking your email anyway so I mean it's like a win-win so that's an example of something it's like we just remove that process. It's it's not even required anymore. That one is such a good example. You guys are really seeing behind the scenes and I love this. I think you know me so well and you know that my time is best spent when I have creative blocks and creative writing blocks and like blocks spent with Weston, like a mm-hmm. brainstorm with my business partner. Like you know where it's so important for me to be so we can really move the needle on the business. Another thing that we eliminated that I think is going to be life-changing is we were doing a lot of like 15-minute calls. Yeah, those are gone. Paxed. And they were like fill, filling up the whole day and that's sustainable until it's not. <laughs> right. And it got to the point where I was doing like, you know, several 30, 15-minute <laughs> calls in a day and too it was many. just too much. So We've eliminated the 15 minute calls and we're doing like an hour team brainstorm. And like, I think also like delegating and passing the baton to other people so they can progress and get a raise and thrive in their position is so important. Last little business question before I'll take a hard right. What do you look for in a business as an investor? If someone says, hey, I have this brand, I would love for you to look at this pitch deck as an investor. What are the things that you were looking for specifically? Michael and I have invested in a lot of different brands. It's something that we haven't really talked about on the podcast, but we will do an episode on investing. I sort of like fell into it because I started to be presented with all these opportunities to get equity in companies because of, you know, what I do. Mm -hmm. And I started to actually want equity, but I also wanted to put my own money in if I really believed in the brand. And I think what I've realized as an investor is you have to keep it church and state. So if I am getting equity in a brand to do posts, that's different than me investing my own money. Sure. So I've made the mistake of not getting equity and just investing. And then the brand will come to me and want me to do all these posts. But what I say now is if I'm investing my money, Mm -hmm. why would I then go do tons and tons of posts for free? Yeah, that's different. So I look wash. (laughs) Right. I look at myself as an entrepreneur, but there's also an influencer aspect to me as an investor. So if you want to utilize me as an influencer, Mm -hmm. that is different than me spending my money to invest. 100%. So it's it's two separate things. So what do I look for? I look for someone that understands that first and foremost, because if you don't understand that I don't want to invest 
a bunch of money and then go do a bunch of work, that's that's going to be a no for me. Yes. I'm not investing to do more work. No. Sure, I'll promote the brand because I believe in it so much that I'm investing in it, but I'm not going to be given like this scope of work to no. go then do all this work. So first and foremost, it's got to be someone who really understands the difference between an influencer and an investor. Okay? That's Love so it. important. The second thing is, is I look for, you know, they say bet on the jockey. Who, who is the person that's running the business? right? So I want someone who is incredibly creative and understands marketing, but I also want to know who's running the business. Right. Two-pronged approach of who, who the jockey is. Maybe there's two. I also think it's so important if you want to take people's money that you are able to articulate and communicate what your mission is as, as a brand quickly and efficiently. If I get on an investor call and it takes you 30 <laughs> minutes to explain what you're doing, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. I'm obsessed when someone gives me a pitch tied in a pink bow. And I mean, like, like yes. I can tell you what the skinny confidential is in one minute and you will understand. An that. elevator pitch almost. Yeah. You know? I, I can't do 30, 30 minute. Like it, it's overwhelming. How is that going to how is that going to be pushed out into the world to a customer? Right. If it mm -hmm. takes you 30 minutes to explain to me what your brand is, that's a problem. I also think a 75 page, this is like, we're getting really micro yeah, pitch deck good. to me is way overkill. Like when I went out to get investors, my pitch deck is very clean. It's to the point. It's constantly edited down. And then I look, what, what is the product? What is your unique perspective in the market? Are you disrupting a category? Does this bring a fresh new breath of air? branding. I mean, it's a lot of different things. I'm not just someone that's like, oh, this person like had a hit in 2001. I'm going to throw money at it. Or, oh, this is pretty and cute. I'm going to throw money at it. I'm very thoughtful. And I think Michael brings a super interesting perspective to the table too, as sort of like my counterpart investor, because he's very good with numbers. He's very good with logistics. And I think I sort of like spot the talent in it. He evaluates the numbers. He goes through all the nitty gritty of it. Yes, you guys make a really good team. I think you have such a good eye, like creatively, I think entrepreneurially, obviously you. And then Michael, of course, is so knowledgeable on that as well, but like more from an analytical perspective. And I think you two together on a meeting with I've been on several with pitches. You know, I think it's if you two can't come to a conclusion, you know, 10 minutes after into the meeting, I think it's you guys are a really good judge of all of that. People thought when I first started out, oh, you know, she's just an influencer. I'm going to put her in this box. Like, let's just get money. And I think that I hope that as I've grown as a businesswoman, that I come into it with more knowledge than when I first started, because people just want to put you in a box. They're like, oh, she'll throw money at it. And you're right. Me and Michael do know 10 Quick. minutes afterwards. Yeah. And if you guys want to check out some of the brands that we're invested in, we're invested in a bunch, but like some of the ones that I'm just so passionate about are Chroma. Oh, okay. so good. Chroma, I tried and I literally was like, Lisa, I need to be an investor. Yeah. And I have their matcha every single day. The I'm bone obsessed, bro. obsessed, obsessed with their cranberry hydration electrolytes. Mm -hmm. It's literally the best of like spicy cranberry. Everything's spicy. And I love that. So good. Like not necessarily in a hot way, but it's like Ugh, punchy. It's punchy. Yeah. It makes you want to drink more. It's so good. 
And I'm such a fan of the ingredients that I like attacked her to invest. So that was something that I actually like actively was like, I want to invest in this brand. And then Canopy, of course, I'm an investor. I'm such a big believer in how they've disrupted the humidifier industry and diffuser industry, which so much so that I literally co-branded with them. Mm -hmm. Doe, same thing. Yep. So I just love Sabina. I think she's so talented and what she's built is incredible. And then Array is another great one. That's a product that I tried, fell in love with, met the founders, Sif and Nish. And I was like, we need to invest in this. And so those are four that I would like, if you guys want to go see sort of how I invest, you can see those brands and you can see the thought process around why we chose them. Love it. I, I think you can use Code Skinny for all that. I was going to say, I think go every get single the one. Cranberry Hydration. Oh, that's so good. Electrolytes. Don't sell it out, though, because I buy like 10 a month. <laughs> OK, like I said, hard right turn. We're going to do some like quick little, I would call them maybe rapid fires, but of course, elaborate however you want to. What are you currently reading? Oh, my God, I'm reading the best book. I'm reading Johnny Carson's autobiography that was written by his lawyer, which is so fucked up because he died. That is really fucked up. It's like you writing a book when I die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like putting a, that on like my to-do list. <laughs> like a tell-all. Oh, it's my a, God. It's seriously like such a tell-all. You, should you would haunt me from the grave. Take I would never. <laughs> I will send spies that I already hired <laughs> to make sure. No, but his lawyer wrote <laughs> a tell-all. And I mean, it is a juicy fucking tell-all. That's gnarly. That's and so cutthroat. It's really good because he was a talk show host, obviously. And there's a lot of things that I relate to him on interviewing people. Obviously, he was like the Tonight Show. He was huge. I'm not saying I'm like him. I'm just saying. No, you're up there, a, though. From a micro perspective, I relate to a lot of the stories that the lawyer tells. And I it, you should read it because I, I know, relate to, to. He's He's like known as an asshole in the industry. But I kind of like understand him because he gets romantic about the creativity of his job. Oh, yeah, that's you. Yeah. And and the lawyer really helps him put it in, in perspective. You should read it. I will. It's not even that he's like such an asshole. It's that he's just so romantic about the job and less romantic about the money. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to read. And it talks about his I think he had like five marriages. Oh, my God. Joan Rivers, mm. his obsession with the tennis club, which is making me just like even love my tennis lessons even more. I was going to say tennis girly over it's here. It's like Hollywood, Chasen's, back in the day, all the restaurants he liked, what he drank, what he ate. It's it's really, really good and it's really well written. So I'm reading that. I am reading. God, let me pull up my Kindle. I was going to say. I read like three books at once. I just got the book Cleopatra and Frankenstein. Mm. which is about, I think, a love story in New York. I haven't started it. So that's one I heard was really good. My friend Emma recommended it. And then I also just bought the book Thief. I'll okay. keep you posted. And then I finished recently all of Andy Cohen's books. So I read The Daddy Diaries, The Andy Cohen Diaries, and then The Most Talkative. And I'm obsessed with it because he formed the books, at least the two diaries, mm -hmm. off Andy Warhol's diaries. Mm. And it's basically just his stream of consciousness. That's and everything trippy. he thinks. So mm -hmm. like he writes down like what he thought of the cab driver and like what his doorman's doing and like what he ate for dinner and and what he thought of this housewife and how he went to dinner at Kelly Ripa's. And it's it, you get into this flow where you're reading it and it's really like reading his private diary. 
That's it super was cool. Really good. That's an interesting concept. It was really, really good. I would highly recommend. And then the other book that I just finished that I loved that I highly recommend is called My Story by Marilyn Monroe. And it's so good because it's her writing it. And I'm not going to give away what happens in the middle, but it's wild. Go read it. And then lastly, I just finished and highly recommend Brooke Shields book. Ooh, nice. There was a little girl. Really beautifully written. I read her other books about postpartum depression like 10 years ago. And I just finished There Was a Little Girl. And it was about her complicated relationship with her mother and how she like loved her mother but hated her mother. And I thought it was really profound, really good. So those are the books that I'm amazing going through right now. Good. What is your current food obsession? <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? Meat. <laughs> I just ate a bowl of force and more nature. beef. I am on this weight loss journey right now. I am still losing weight from towns. I'm almost to my goal and meat has really helped me get there. So what I've noticed is the more meat I eat, the more I crave meat. Mm -hmm. And I've also noticed my hair grows 10 times faster. It's thicker. I'm not having to wear extensions. My nails are stronger. My skin is clearer. I have more energy. And my body craves protein. I work out a lot and I just love beef. Yeah. we And we went into that with your weight training and protein episode too. Like yeah. a lot more detail. If anyone's interested in that episode, I'll find the episode number two. And what's another like upset? I really love Hue chocolate, almond butter, quinoa. It's like crunchy. And I have a couple squares of that every single night with a magnesium water and it's heaven. It's like the perfect sweet treat to wind down with because obviously chocolate has magnesium and then I have my magnesium water and I look forward to it every single night. And I feel like it doesn't make me crave a bunch of sweets during the day. And I've made like a healthy little habit stack with Zaza. She's like, mom, where's my magnesium water? Can I have a bite of chocolate? It's like a little wind down that we do. So those are my obsessions right now. Beautiful. What is your favorite cocktail if you're having a drink? What are you into right now? Okay. Get specific. I'm going to. (laughs) Because I am committed to losing this last 10 pounds, and this has been life-changing, it is tequila on the rocks. What tequila? Casi Amigos, like Fortaleza. I'm not too picky. Just like a good tequila. Okay. I'm not psycho about that. I like it in a tall glass with lots of rocks. <laughs> okay. I would love a rim of tahini if they have it. Then I want a shot of tequila in it. And then I want an inch of lemon or lime. Juice. Yes. I switch it up. Sometimes it's lemon tequila. Sometimes it's lime. Topped with Perrier. Ooh. It could be Pellegrino too. It has to be Pellegrino or Perrier because Topo Chico has so much bad shit in it that I've read about. Don't tell me that. And also soda water from the gun is not good. But here's the deal. Because the Pellegrino or the Perrier is in it, it makes you not that hungover because you're getting all that water. And it's like really great sparkling. Mm -hmm. It has a little sodium in it. Minerals. Mm -hmm. So then you've got the inch of lemon or lime, which is alkalizing in the system. And it kind of tastes like a margarita. Yeah. And people are like, oh, it's a ranch water. I was going to say, or a ranch water. It but- kind of is, but it's like a bougie ranch water because you got the half rim of tahini, mm-hmm. 
you yeah. have the spark, the good sparkling water. I actually asked if we're going to get so detailed. Do it. This is how I order it. I think I've done it with you before. <laughs> Go ahead. May I please? <laughs> Do it. May I please have a tall glass filled with ice with a shot of Casa Amigos. And then I would love a rim of tahini if you have it. And then a side bottle of Perrier or Pellegrino. Easy. And then <laughs> can I also get a shot of lemon or lime juice? So sometimes I'll do like the tequila lemon fizzy yeah. situation or I'll do. <laughs> That's not very difficult, though. It's not difficult. And it's actually just like a three parter. It's <laughs> the tequila on the rocks in a tall glass with a rim of tahini. And then a shot of lemon or lime juice and then the Perrier. Yeah. So it's like I'm ordering my water. I'm mm-hmm. ordering the shot. And then you mix it at the table yourself. And then I make it at the table myself. Yeah. I mean, you're doing most of the work for them. They should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> and you also want fresh lemon or lime juice uh, if they can squeeze it. <laughs> awesome. That's perfect. So with having a cocktail, you're like now going into restaurants or whatever. Where are your favorite spots in Austin, L.A.? and or New York, anything you can think of off the top of your head to eat, to have a date night, to go out, have a drink, whatever. Here's my thing with Austin. When I'm in Austin, this is like my sanctuary where I'm really not drinking that much. I'm busting my ass. I'm committed to my business. I want to be in office. I want to grow my team. I want to be in bed at fucking 730 at night with a Kindle with some red lights and 528 hertz. It's a very like what I've realized about Austin is it regulates my nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk well, your home. Lot. Yes. Yeah. And I want to talk more about the nervous system because I've realized through a lot of trial and error with wellnessy things that at the core of it, the most important thing that you can do for yourself is to regulate your nervous system. Everything in this world is committed to fucking with your nervous system. These lights above us, the cameras in our face, your phone in your face, mm-hmm. the headphones, the loud noise, the alarm clock. The ping on your computer that I can't want to slip my wrists. <laughs> it just I can ping like I can't. But I my favorite thing is to regulate my nervous system. And if I can do that when I'm in Austin, that's the move. But if I go out for an occasional cocktail, which we, we do, we have like a date night. We do Jeffrey's bottle of red wine and a steak. Amazing. Yeah. I love Commodore Perry. I you have gone there multiple times with me for like. 300 margaritas, the pancakes, and the pancakes, the bacon, the tacos are incredible. And the vibe is just very, it's very European. Mm -hmm. And I like that. It's very airy there. And then where else? I love like Sun Life, but that's not. No, I mean, that's that's, not drinking. I love Sun Life, the, the bone broth, the spicy bone broth. You cannot go wrong. They have amazing smoothies. And then other than that, I mean, where else do I go here? I'm like, I mean, not really. Move to L.A. There's more okay. fun stuff in L.A. that you like. L.A. Sunset Tower for dinner is incredible. On the patio. On the patio. <laughs> Beverly Hills Hotel is just great for a fun dinner with lots of champagne. Craig's, their cookies are amazing. I love Medeo. Italian food. So good. And then, oh, Giorgio Baldi. Iconic. Oh, in Santa Monica. The pasta there, they do like a three- pasta sampler you guys if you're there go get it it's like a spicy pasta I think it's a pesto pasta it's really really 
worth the drive if you're in a West Hollywood. And it's just an incredible restaurant. There's also this place by Giorgio Baldi that has amazing pasta, but I can't think of the name. If you know the name, DM me. It has like the best pasta. I want to say it's called Felix. But Giorgio Baldi is amazing. Okay. Go there. It's in Santa Monica. Go get a bottle of Brunello and the pasta sampler. And then Um, New York. There's so many good restaurants in New York. I feel like you can't go wrong. I love the King Cole Bar. They have make like an insane Bloody Mary. I love the Polo Bar. I was just going to say the Polo Bar. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. They mm-hmm. have these fried green olives that you get oh my when God. you sit at the bar and you have a martini and then they have an incredible burger. I was just in Milan and went there too. Like it's their branding is so consistent. The restaurant is so consistent and the burger there is just one of the best burgers I've ever had. So anywhere where there's a Polo Ralph Lauren restaurant, Mm -hmm. go. I think there's one in Chicago, Paris. It's insane. Scalinatelli. Yeah. Am I pronouncing that right? Who knows? Scalinatella, I think. I'm not pronouncing it right, but that's not important. And they're old school. They have to, you have to call and make a reservation there. I love it. They're old school. I know all the waiters there. They know Mm -hmm. your name. It's, it's like a martini, a bottle of wine. Again, pasta sampler. They have a truffle pasta where they fucking shave the truffles all over your face. It's so good. Blake Lively says like if she was deserted on a desert island, that's where she would go for pasta. I'm obviously a big Italian person when I go to New York City. And then I love like the really iconic bars. Good. Well, everyone, that's like 10 recommendations if you're in (laughs) these different spots, which is good. What are the top five supplements you can't live without? Symbiotica, I'm going to go with the vitamin C, glutathione, and the magnesium spray. Okay. Those three are my favorites. That's one. Ritual multivitamin every single day, minty fresh. Love. Just Thrive Probiotic, take it every single day. Array if you're bloated. Yep. Incredible. Especially like if I eat pasta at night or pizza, no brainer. And when I fly, when you're puffy, it's just such a great one because it's all natural. And then number five is going to be Keon Aminos. The mango flavor, I do a scoop every single day in my water, and then I'll do a scoop of creatine in it too. And if I was going to add an extra, I would do magnesium powder. Yeah. Magnesium you can get from JS Health. She has a good one. Moon Juice has a good one. So does Thorn. Those three are great brands. And probably Code Skinny on most of those as I well. think it's all Code yeah. Skinny. And Every single one of those brands are brands that I believe in so much that I ended up working with them or investing. Mm -hmm. So those are my favorites. I've really done my research on, you know, what actually works because I'm not going to be ingesting something every single day and having my kids ingest it. Yes. It's not 100%. Like Zaza and Towns today both had the Symbiotica B12 and the Symbiotica vitamin D. Like I squirted it in their mouth. Mm Mm-hmm squirt it in my mouth. Like Symbiotica is just creme de la creme. I also, sorry, do love Quinton. It's by Water and Wellness. Yeah. And it's like the little minerals. Mm-hmm. That's good too. Yeah. Those are good. I know you guys are always cracking those. We're cracking those open. I've cut my finger, but that's okay because <laughs> I'm getting my minerals in. What is your, who, or who is your dream podcast guest? Put it out on the universe. Dead or alive? It, I mean, either one. Carolyn Kennedy Bissett. Dead. Dead. Alive. Also, I'd love to interview Johnny Carson. Oh, well, yeah. Alive. 
Howard Stern would be fun. That would be amazing. Chris Jenner, just not even to talk to her about gossip or her family. I just am dying to interview her on her schedule. Oh, I would. I want to know, like. I would give up my firstborn to get the answers to that. Ins and outs of like Mm -hmm. how she plans her pantry and like who is like coordinating the closet. Like who's her team even? Who's her team? How does she hire? How does she fire? I'm just obsessed with the infrastructure of Kris Jenner and what it takes to be such a high performer. Yeah, I, I don't even think I would ask her one question about anything else other than like routines and I would be I would die for that yeah I would die for that and then I would die 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 to interview Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett Mm, hell yeah hell yeah we'll get a letter (laughs) in the mail how do you deal with desperate energy I have a really really strong opinion on desperate energy I was saving this for the middle (laughs) it's a topic that I haven't talked about enough and I will I have a whole like thesis on it But I think it is the number one thing that is in people's way when it comes to dating relationships, friendships, and business deals. And I promise you guys I will get into it more because, I, again, I have a, a, a book report on it. But what I would say that if you're leaning in and chasing something and it's not chasing you back, you gotta lean out. 100%. You know that book, Lean In? Yes. I'm gonna write Lean Out. My thing is a person that wants to be with you will chase you, not the other way around. And if you're constantly giving off a smell, it's a smell. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. of desperation. It will turn people off. Yeah. And so I think there's a way to come to the table, even in a business deal where it's like, I have my leverage. You have your leverage. We're going to come together and we're going to create something amazing. But we don't need each other. Right. And uh, guess what? I don't want to need anyone. I don't want to need my husband. And I, w- I want to remind him of this. To this day, we are married for a zillion years. I constantly am still reminding him. At Michael Bostick. Yeah. Like, he still needs to be chasing me. I still want to be pursued. And I think that when you put that energy out there, people feel it. It's like a vibration. So what do you do to like deflect? I think what you do is you focus on yourself and you focus on your own confidence and your own self-worth and your own purpose and you build a really strong foundation so you don't need anyone to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. You, Of course, like it's great to collaborate and it's great to work together and network. But when people feel that you need something from them, it's fatiguing. It's a turnoff. It's not who you want to be around, even in a friendship. Like if I have friends that are texting me over and over and over, question mark, question mark, question. It's like, it's too much. I think get busy, get a hobby. Well, that was, I was going to say is, is if you're being desperate, maybe you're not busy enough. And I think that putting that desperate energy towards something else might be beneficial. Like do do some research. By the way, this is not learn something. I'm not like making fun of people. This is something that literally anyone could stop right this minute. Oh yeah, stop writing forty page emails. That's desperate and replying fifteen times in a week. 
If you haven't gotten a response. Yeah, stop. Just stop invading people's personal space. Sometimes I send a text and I don't get a text back from someone for a month. And that's okay because I've infringed on their time so they can respond on their own time. Mm -hmm. I don't take it personally. And I just think if we could get to a space where we're so comfortable in our own skin and so confident in ourselves, then we don't really need anyone but ourselves. And that energy is what attracts. Sure. Well, and you can't rely on people either. It's like, you know, I think eventually you have to stand alone because people do come and go like, you know, in business in relationships in friendships and everywhere. And I think if you're not confident and you're not strong enough to be singular and you've relied on other people, then you're going to be in some trouble. You're 100 percent right. People come and go and you can't rely on other people to do it for you. And you really have to find self-assurance. And it's again, it's something anyone can do that is listening. It's also catching yourself when you are acting desperate. Like, you know, maybe you go to a networking event and you're like up in someone's space. You can feel it when someone's like, Mm -hmm. it's too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And listen, I'm not perfect at this. Like there there's been times, like I said, we'll do a book report on it. When I was younger, where I, I did I did it wrong, but I learned quickly and I adjusted. And I think it's really important to also watch other people's behaviors around you and pinpoint what is desperate and what is not and adjust accordingly with your own behavior. Right. That's some really that's some good, tough love. Yeah. No, that's some tough love. Listen. Yeah. It's good. This though. ain't for everyone. This is not going to be for everyone. That's the best love. People are turning me off right now. But it's it's really self-aware. Yes. Self-awareness is like the key to everything. I feel like I'm always always checking myself, overthinking things like, was that too much? Was that not enough? Like, what was that response? You know what I mean? It's like, if you're not having a huge internal monologue. Yeah. Go read Andy Cohen's book. Yeah. You need to sit down and find God. (laughs) Self-awareness is a really important skill. Yes. Let's talk more about that. Yeah. TBD. <laughs> Do you manifest these days, whether that's in your meditation or just speaking out loud to the universe, writing things in a journal? Do you manifest? I don't know if my word is manifest. I would say my word is visualize. Okay. Manifest is like, to me, mm-hmm. this is my interpretation. Manifest is like, I'm going to manifest that I'm going to grow an inch. Like it feels like very like without action. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. It doesn't. It feels like you're just like thinking your way through life, which is great to think amazing positive thoughts. But thinking is not enough. It needs to be mixed with execution. You got to move. The visualization for me helps me execute on what I want. So every single morning, really, really try to hit every morning. This morning I laid in bed. Before my kids got up, I was jet lagged for 30 minutes and I just visualized what I want in my business, what I need in my business, what needs to happen in the future, you know, my family life. I visualize everything I want. And I also visualize like weird little things. It could be like even I'm going to give you guys something like so so little. It could be like how I want a trip with my friends to go Mm -hmm. and how I want to show up. 
like really this is this is what my inner monologue is going off what you said I don't want to be on my phone the entire time I'm with my friends. So how am I going to combat that? I'm not going to go on a beautiful trip like I just went on. With your head down. No, I'm just not going to do it. But that is a thought out visualization. It's not just something that comes to me naturally. Because for what I do for a living is on my phone. So I will sit in a meditation and I will be like, okay, I'm going on this trip for two weeks. I want to be really present. I don't want to be on my phone. If I'm with my kids, you know, how can I find pockets to try not to be on my phone in front of them all the time. Again, constantly refining. I'm not perfect at it. You know, how do I want to show up even on social media during this trip? Am I, you know, taking some days off? I'm just very thought out and visual visualizing how my future looks. And so I don't know if that's manifesting. I think it's a form of it. I mean, you're you're setting your intentions. Yeah. And I think that is what manifesting is. So, yes, I think that's a a different, you know, realm of manifesting, but a manifestation. Everyone visualiz- always visualization. Yeah, everyone always wants to talk about manifesting, you know. But yes, I'm, I'm action more, is needed. Action is needed. Yeah, the 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 visualization is really important. And then, as far as manifesting, I'm always writing down on big poster boards. Yes, and my notes app where where I need to be. Like I have this is a really good tip that Michael taught me. I have every single month lined up for the next three years in my notes app. And under each month is a goal I want to hit. So like, you know, it could be a goal that's like, it could be a stupid goal, like a little goal. But each month is a goal and I can go in and check off when I hit the goals. That's cool. It's really helped because it's, it's putting the little tiny things down and making it digestible with the months. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's like January 2023. I wanna write a book proposal. Right. And like, like, and then I can check, like, check that off. Well, it's just like a little step in a grand plan. Yes. You know, and I think making it digestible is probably what I think most people don't do. Or people get very ambitious and they make, you know, 15 things for by this deadline. And I think, you know, I mean, yes, sometimes you have to hustle things along, but I think making it digestible and making it a small and meaningful list is probably the better route. Yeah. And then you can also see the full picture when you make the list and you don't have all these abandoned projects. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've like, I, don't, the, I have a graveyard. No. D- d- write the write your mind. Oh, not out. anymore. Not anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. Once oh. I got serious about my like life and what I want, and, you know, like I know. How are you? What do you mean you have abandoned projects? No, I, I do. Like, you're like it was when I was younger, you know, weird dreams, weird ambitions. But yeah, you get older, you learn things. And yeah, I follow through now. What is the best tip on how to handle rejection? And that might be in dating. Maybe it's in business. Maybe you didn't get the job you wanted. What's your best tip for this handling rejection? This is a theory that I've had since I was little. I literally came out of the womb with this theory. Okay, this This theory is like the theory that I live by with rejection. I don't want something or someone that does not want to be around me or want reach. I, I, I can't I don't understand even having a conversation about it. I wouldn't want to be with a person that doesn't want to be with me a hundred percent. I just wouldn't. I, I don't know why do I want to convince someone to want to be around me? Yeah. And same I think that goes right along with too and applying for jobs and getting rejected. It's like if they didn't want you, then get out. You know, I don't, I don't, moving on, you know, it's, 
it's just a waste of your energy to try to convince someone or something or some job to have you when it's not a fit. And like every single rejection that I've ever had in my life has created another opening somewhere else. It's totally normal and natural to feel upset and sort of like wallow in rejection. And I think that, you know, take a moment and do that. Take a day, okay? But what's most important is that you're able to get back on your two feet and recover. The recovery is what makes you relentless. And it sort of like builds the muscle to be able to handle rejection in the first place. So take your day, be bummed, be thoughtful. And then the next morning, wake up and it's like on to the next. Sure. That makes sense. What is the best business move you ever made for the Skinny Confidential or the Him and Her show? Or maybe it is the Him and Her show. (laughs) I don't know. The best business move that I've ever made is starting a podcast because a podcast is so synergistic to my personality. I can only look at photos of myself for so long. Like it's boring to me. It's Mm -hmm. like, and so that's not sustainable to just be posting photos of myself all the time. I post photos of myself to support what I do for a living, but I don't want that to be my my main cake. Sure. It could be the sprinkles. So starting a podcast to talk on a mic, I'm an oversharer. I love interviewing people. It just feels very much me. So the podcast is like really been a great move for the brand, but also I just love the intimacy in the audience's ear. It feels very connected now when I run into someone who listens to the show because I get to know all about them when I run into them. And it's like almost like we've like skipped the for- formalities. Yes. You feel like you know each other almost. Yeah. Because you know so- what they're interested in if they're listening to your show. Yeah. And I also think like uh, they already know a lot about me from yes. listening to the show. So then they can tell me all about them. Yes. And that's that's fun to be able to have that interaction. And then basing the, that rolled into launching a network, Dear Media, yep, which has been like the wildest ride. And then being able to launch the product line while having the podcast, it was like content marketing for the product line. So it all sort of like fit together. Yep, it does. And it's weird because I don't think there's any other model like that that I know of where you have that little synergistic like circle of outlets that work together. You know what I mean? Like it is very unique in that sense. And it works. It works. It flows. And it's been a wild ride. You can write my book when I die. Yes. I can't wait to do that. With all the secrets. What was the last thing you ordered on Postmates? Two Khalil style spicy bone broths. Mm -hmm. One tropical mango smoothie. Add chia seed. No juice. Sub water. (laughs) a celery juice, add cayenne and and lemon. Mm -hmm. And this is for Zaza, very specific. Mom, I want an oatmeal with no peanut butter, extra chocolate. They have like a Mm -hmm. cacao chocolate sauce and chia seeds. Yummy. And this is all from Sun Life. And I order from them all the time. My kids love it. And it's just the best. And sometimes I'll take their bone broth and like heat it up and add rosemary and make it like romanticize it. It's very good. Love it. What was the last thing you ordered on Amazon? 
I think I made the last Amazon I have a little bit of an Amazon problem. What is the last thing I ordered on Amazon? I'm going to put this in my storefront of what I ordered. I ordered Epsom salt, but it's organic, organic baking soda with no aluminum and lavender essential oil because I'm going to make a bath that was recommended to fight jet lag. Nice. I then ordered hot pink shorts that lift your ass. Amazing. I'll put those in my storefront. (laughs) And then I ordered... Okay, so it's like a sheet mask, but it's cut up in squares. Okay. You're going to be obsessed with this. And instead of like having to apply the whole sheet mask, you're like running out the door, you got to go. You take the pads and you put like a pad on your cheek, a pad on your other cheek, and a pad on your forehead. Mm. And it's by a Korean brand. I'll put it in my storefront. And then I also ordered, just giving you two more. We love the extra credit. This vanity mirror that is like the best lighting ever. And you can put it on your vanity or your desk. I'm going to put it on my desk in my office. Got it. So you have like amazing light, but the mirror stands up so it's not falling and you just have perfect light. And then the last thing I ordered and you opened it was this white rose gold handheld steamer. Oh, yeah, that's cute. I might order that too. You should order it. Yeah, so good. And it's you can steam your clothes because I can't with wrinkled clothes anymore. It looks like a Nerf gun. It looks like a Nerf gun. It's really, really pretty. And it has like 2000 reviews on Amazon. And it basically just steams your clothes and removes the wrinkles. And I'm really into white and cream right now. Because right now, well, it's just like a calming color in my house. (laughs) No, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite quality about Zaza and Towns right now at the stage that they're in? Like, what's something funny that you're just like dying for? I mean, I know you are obsessed with them, but what's like a weird little personality trait that you see coming through that you're like, oh, my God, like my kids are developing their like personalities. Zaza is so fun to have a full conversation with now. Mm -hmm. And we make up songs. Like we have made up songs that we made up like they're not based on anything. They're literally made up (laughs) and she will sing me back the made up song and then I'll sing a song and then she'll like sing another lyric that she made up. So we have like made up songs and that's really fun. And her personality is just so bossy, Mm -hmm. but like cute bossy. Yes. And I love teaching her things. So like right now we say, what is there? No. You've yep. heard her say this. Yep. I say, what is there? No. And she says, there's no whining and there's no screaming and there's no biting <laughs> because towns bite sometimes. <laughs> so like we we just have like all of these like little inside jokes. And then we also have little routines that we do. Like every morning she asks me for a vitamin. I'll give her like a high health vitamin or she has her vitamin water at night. I think it's really cute to like give them little things like she will cut her own food with her plastic knife. Mm hmm. Just there's like little moments throughout the day of little traditions that I that I hope that she remembers when she's older. I try to make like every thing that I possibly can fun because I do work a lot. So right. I'm like, how can we make things special that should be like normal? I did this thing where I took her toys. I'm going to post this on Instagram. I took her toys and I froze all her toys in a huge bucket. What? <laughs> And they were frozen toys, like from the movie. 
And so the next morning I woke up and I was like, Elsa froze your toys. Oh my God. She and I bought her freaked. like a, a tool set the night before. And so I said, okay, let's go outside and chisel the, <laughs> chisel the toys. I'm crying because it's like anything to distract them. <laughs> oh my God. So for like 20 minutes, she's like chopping away. I put the Elsa Frozen <laughs> song on. It's like chopping her ice. And she's chopping her eyes and getting the toys out. That's it, probably more exciting than Santa Claus. It took 30 minutes. It was so... And then she has like brand new Elsa figurines within. Yep. So oh I found that God. on TikTok to do. That's genius. Yeah, that was really fun. It's not my idea. I found it on TikTok. But so just like the routines and little rituals, I love. Towns is an absolute savage. <laughs> my favorite thing with Towns right now is I say besito, which means kiss in Spanish. And he gives me a kiss and then claps for himself. Mm -hmm. and he he's repeating words so like I'll be like thank you and he'll say thank you he said your name today yes he did yeah like a lot like 150 times it was so cute he is hanging from the goddamn ceiling goddamn ceiling it is like so different having a boy than a girl he really is like everywhere into everything hitting like anything down that he broke my candle like it's just like very heavy energy it's Mm -hmm. lumbering like Michael (laughs) And then I like to walk with him in the morning if I can. And that's like a special time. Those are my cute. They're getting so big. It's crazy. I know. Again, not so much of a hard left turn, but what's your best or your favorite quality about Michael as a father, as a husband, as a businessman, whatever comes to mind? Michael is the most capable person I've ever met in my entire life. And that is by far, hands down, he has more capability than anyone I've ever seen. And that is, it's, I realized as I got, I didn't know that marrying him. I've realized it as I've been married to him that he is so capable in a bad situation, a good situation, in planning a trip, in doing things for his family. Like he will kill the tiger. He will bring it back. He will skin it. He will fillet it. He will cook it and he will have it on the table. And I don't mm-hmm. mean like actually cook. I mean like he's just capable And I think that's such a sexy quality. It's a good one. I mean, that's, I mean, you get to just kind of kick back sometimes and let him drive, you know? His side (laughs) of the street is so clean, you could eat it. It's so pristine. And then he will come over and clean my side of the street and Zaza and Town's side of the street Mm -hmm. and like be looking for the next street to clean. He's so capable. I mean, his mom is a half Japanese and I think she really instilled that in him. I think that quality is a great quality to instill in your kids. He's very resourceful. But yeah, he gets shit done. And Katie and Michael got together in their little huddle, (laughs) teamed up, and they basically like sequestered, is that the right word, (laughs) me to a random office in the middle of nowhere in Austin to get my global entry renewed or some shit. I don't even know what you guys were doing. TSA pre-check. Okay, whatever. And (laughs) I didn't even know what I was doing. Michael's grabbing my thumb to put my thumbprint on and like helping me sign my signature. And like that is Michael Bostick. And he's like yes. dragging me to get his to do list done mm-hmm. so it can make his life easier ultimately because he doesn't want to wait. Yes. In the line. Yes. That was strategic. We <laughs> ambushed you on that one. But it works. Just get in the car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it. Well, to round everything out, I feel like this is a great one to end on. It's it's you're going to I know you're going to answer this perfectly and it's going to translate to more than just what the topic is. But how do you get out of a creative rut? If you're feeling like you're just 
not getting it, you're not connecting to your creativity, what do you do to kind of combat that and get out of that funk? I am in a creative rut all the time. I'm, there's this misconception that I think creative people are always creative. I'm in a creative rut all the time. I get burnt out. I get tired. And how I get out of it is very, very simple. It's putting one foot in front of the other. And instead of looking at the whole pie, looking at the piece of the pie one by one. So let's say I wake up. I'm completely overwhelmed. I have 5,000 things to do. The last fucking thing I'm going to do is check my text messages because that's going to put me on a spiral. Mm -hmm. The first thing I'm going to do is meditate. Smart. Okay. I'm not going to get on the roller coaster yet. So first I'm going to meditate. Then I'm going to make the bed. Then I'm going to get my lemon water. I'm going to open the shades. I'm going to move my body. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to clean my space. So see what I did there? Instead of, let me give you the, the other thing I could do. Waking up, leaning into the stress, yelling at Michael, mm-hmm. getting on my phone, reacting to everyone, laying in bed, scrolling on Instagram, freaking out, not making my bed, not moving my body, not drinking water, not opening the shades. And looking at that blue light. Looking at the blue Oof. light. And I'm sitting in bed on my phone like a nutcase. That is not what I'm going to do. That is what I would have done when I was 25. I, I don't do that anymore. I wake up and I realize those little tiny moments that I have in my toolbox, the screws and the bolts, the moving my body, the water, the getting to the gym, the, okay, what's most important? Using my planner that I have, the the prompt that I have in that planner, you guys, that I have on the Skinny Confidential, that prompt helps me when I'm in any kind of rut because it's like, okay, it's one page, what is the meditation of the day? What is the book? What are the three most important things? What is my to-do list? Get it out in my brain on the page. It's not getting on the phone, getting on the text, getting on the email. It's, it's just doing the little things to get your head right so you're effective and efficient and running your business like an athlete when you have to get into it. If I were to wake up and just sit in bed and scroll my phone and, and freak out and be depressed and oh, talk about how I'm in creative rut. That is not productive. And what I've realized is it's the little things in your routine that put you back on track. If you don't have the little things, it's impossible to get back on track. So when I wake up and I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm stressed out, maybe I'm hungover, whatever it is, it's getting up. It's doing the little, the little moments to get my head back on the right track. That makes sense. It, it's it's the little things showing up day after day after day, chipping away. And that is, trust me, after many years of doing it the wrong way. Chipping away like the Elsa frozen bucket. <laughs> Chopping my ice like the ice chopper. <laughs> well, I think that's a great spot to end. You guys always come through with some great questions. I feel like that was very well-rounded. Creepy questions part two. Let me know on my latest Instagram <laughs> post at Lauren Bostick. I will send three of you that send a creepy question in the planner. The planner is so good. It's on shopskinnyconfidential.com. And Katie, where can everyone find you? Make you make your sourdough. Oh my God. At Hangry Hobson. 
Also, if you liked this episode, you can go listen to my other solo episodes with Katie. We've done three so far. We Mm -hmm. did one on habit stacking. We did one on my weight loss postpartum journey. And then we did this one, the Q&A. And then recently I recorded one on leveling up. So if you liked the energy of this episode and you want to take it to the next level in any area of your life, search The Skinny Confidential Leveling Up. Katie, thanks for coming. And I will post Zaza's moment on Instagram. Yeah, I'm going to go chop some ice. See ya.